0: IBEC, the voice of Irish business. I think the starting point for a resilient and strong Europe is business. Tough times always create huge opportunities, and if we can get business going, that is so important for for all our countries and for, for the European project. And you're very welcome back to IBEC Voices, a podcast series about the people and priorities behind Irish business and the global climate that shapes it. In this episode, IBEC CEO Danny McCoy sits down with new Business Europe president, Frederick Persson, to discuss priorities for his presidency, the strength of the European business model, and the S in ESG, among other pressing topics. Persson is president of Alivio AB and JMAB in Sweden, and he begun his presidency on the 1st of July. So let's get straight to the conversation.
1: Frederick, welcome to Dublin and congratulations on taking over as president of Business Europe on the 1st of July. So what's your plans? How excited or unexcited are you by the prospect?
0: Thanks a lot, Danny. No, I I think we all need to be excited and um, uh, I think it's not only about me being excited. I think it's in the current really tough times we're in I think the starting point for a resilient and strong Europe is business a tough times to always creates huge opportunities and if we can get business going that is so important for for all our countries and for, for the European project
1: we must be on the cusp of a recession now in Europe given What we're seeing with the monetary authorities beginning to push up interest rates. Do you think that we have a strong enough business model in Europe to withstand those tighter global conditions and with a war on our border?
0: I think we have to be realistic and say that this situation did not start with the Ukrainian war. We were in a tough spot already ahead of the pandemic and with the pandemic. Uh, But we do have a diamond in the European single market and in our European project. But we really need to step up because at the same time that we're fighting off uh, the pandemic and the Ukrainian war, we've seen Asia pushing ahead and not the least we've seen the U.S. pushing ahead. And at times we look at the U.S. and see, okay, they're going down, they're going down fast. But uh, I can assure you that they always tend to bounce back faster than we do. So it's it's about the near term and, of course, to handle the situation we're in now. But it's also about the long term. And so we don't end up with Europe just being a market. I mean, Europe should be a competitive space where European business thrive and export to, to, to other continents. And, and to do that, we need to be open, open to investments and business coming to Europe. But it has to be done on a level playing field. And I am a firm believer that uh, the openness is uh, supportive and key to Europe.
1: So going, going into those crises, both the pandemic and now the war in Ukraine, ESG was certainly in vogue in, in globally in corporates, but Europe was in the vanguard of this. Yes. Do you believe that we might be going backwards? Um, you know, I know we're bringing forward directives on digital services, digital market, corporate social responsibility. That's an awful lot of ambition in Europe at a time where everybody is clutching to be competitive. Do you think we've moved too quickly on those issues?
0: I think it's a normal human reaction when things like this uh, happens. I mean, let's look what we learned from the pandemic. In the initial phases of the pandemic, Europe did not behave European. Uh, We we pulled back and and became nationalistic and, and tried to sort of protect our own home turf. But luckily that disappeared quickly. And then uh, with the strength of, of, of the union, uh, we handled the pandemic uh, in, in a very strong way. I mean, honestly, I think that's one of the reasons we're now in, in the high inflation. I think we underestimated uh, the speed and the size of, uh, of, of the bounce back. No, so I, I think we have to look at one thing is saying that are there different starting points in different countries and regions of Europe? that we do have to take into account. But that should not be an excuse that's saying that the last example should set the standard for the rest of of Europe. But I think we have to balance the starting points and we just have to change. And it's also an an opportunity. It's gonna be an opportunity that's gonna be costly and it will for sure add costs to, to companies, but there is no alternative. And we, we do see a green transition, but we also see a digital transition. And honestly also a transition into services from traditional industry to industrial services. So I, I would also sort of uh, raise the flag for the digitalization, because I think that will be key in succeeding in the green transition. It will be key in succeeding in the service transition. And it will also be key in uh, holding our union together.
1: Maybe just picking on the S part of the SG for a moment. And lots of criticism over decades about social Europe being too expensive for businesses and so on. Do you think this could be actually our unique selling point in a world that's becoming more authoritarian and somewhat going backwards on social agenda in many jurisdictions? Do you think that actually social Europe might be the key to business success?
0: I think it should be a clear division of, of roles. Uh, I, I'm here talking about the role of, of, of the union, but I think it's, uh, it's important to keep in mind uh, that some things are best done at business, some things are best done at the national level, including the labor market, and some things are best done together as, as, as a union. I think looking forward, there will be a fight for talent, uh, we're going to need reskilling. There's going to be a shortage of skilled labor. Uh, and I think we really need to invest at the starting point. We need to invest in the universities. We need to invest in the education. We need to invest in the schooling. And we need to invest in the reskilling because that has changed. When you and I went to school, hopefully we learned everything at university in, in the three or four years we went there. But I think now it's going to be more a continuous journey where we have to keep on, on, on learning. And that would be a shared responsibility between university and, and the business sector. So here, here we have a common uh, responsibility, so for, for sure. No, so I see it as, as a natural progress, more than a, than a challenge, than a, uh, than a threat. So, Business Europe is the bringing together of,
1: is it 43 different organizations, but certainly 38 countries? Yes. 38 countries. Um, From your position as president, do you see a lot of universality within that diverse country membership? Or do you see conditions for business models splitting within Europe?
0: I think, firstly, when when we meet companies, regardless if they're uh, headquartered in Sweden or in Ireland or in Germany or, or in France, when you talk to these companies and, and ask, uh, are you Irish, are you French? I mean, they perceive themselves as European or, or, or even global. So I mean, at times, I mean, we're setting labels and, 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 and building borders that our members don't really see. They work seamlessly across, across Europe. If we cannot have a voice that is seamless across Europe and not reinventing the wheel and, and talking about the expectation of a Polish company or Italian company, they're already European, if not even global. And we want to keep them European. And, and, and secondly, that is, of course, the companies that are a bit larger. But we do also have the SMEs. And I think that is our strength, that we're also the voice of the SMEs because if we don't have any SMEs, we won't have any large cap going forward. So so having the strength of the SMEs and, and the large cap, I think they speak with a, with a common voice. And I, there are so many more similarities than dissimilarities. I, I usually say that uh, we talk about speaking broken English. But I mean, for sure, we, we speak broken business. We all speak the language of business. And then we might have a different dialect if that dialect is services or industry or if it's a bit of an Irish business dialect or a Swedish business dialect but we do speak a common language of business and that common language needs competitiveness because that's the way it's going to have to be because that's where it starts. A strong and resilient Europe starts with business.
1: So final question. Yes, You started at a very high point (laughs) in your presidency. When we're having this discussion at the end of your presidency of Business Europe What is it you'd like to be saying?
0: I would like people to say that we together, uh, me as a president and you as a DG in in Ireland and the other presidents, we we, we built on a legacy where we really focused on competitiveness and that competitiveness is built through a a strong education, getting the best employees and, and satisfied employees, and a bit of a less regulation as well. Don't regulate what not needs to be regulated. Trust me, business is part of the solution. We're not part of the, the problem. That's
1: a great way to end. And you yeah. can rely on our support for your presidency. Frederick.
0: thank you for joining Happy us Happy to today. be here. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of IBEC Voices. To listen to more IBEC podcasts, please visit ibec.ie. IBEC, the voice of Irish business.